you're not going to win the World Series every single season. I don't care how talented your team is. Right. Baseball baseball things will happen in a season. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0 Take. This is episode 184. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, man? New week? New week. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. More and more teams. More and more teams coming out and saying that, uh, yeah, we're going to have fans opening day. Yeah. You're feeling better about this, huh? We're headed in the right direction. We are. You know, I think a lot of places around the country are figuring out how to make stuff happen. I'm with you. I feel like overall people are just happier right now. Things are starting to get closer and closer back to normal you're starting to do things that are a little more regular that feel good so i'm I'm happy i must i must shed a tear the other day i saw brett gardner's grand slam wish it hadn't come at the expense of the the yankees but fans are going nuts and i'm like this is a spring training home run and people yeah. are jumping up and down yeah this is what we need yeah miss it a lot so yeah we're, we're gonna be totally fine man figure it out feels good i'm much needed a much needed change in momentum in feeling following last year. I was just you remember last year was I know you were you were down in the dumps. I was oh man. I apologize to anybody that was just totally <laughs> oh. influenced by my negativity last year. It was tough. I think a lot of people were down in the dumps last year, and especially Red Sox fans, just because the year was kind of shot from the start. You know, this year you got a little. Was that comparison necessary? I mean, truly, was that was that was that needed? Was that analogy needed? Well, I'm saying you as a baseball fan, I'm saying there are a ton of people in the dumps just of what happened last year. But you as a baseball fan, Red Sox fan, like you you knew that you knew that going in. So I'm, I think that's why you were a little less enthusiastic. That's fair. wasn't It wasn't a shot at you no, guys. Okay. Just yeah. Okay. All right. It's more the fact that you're mean. <laughs> I appreciate. it. Yeah. Nate, we got baseball history for the week of, what is it, March 8th? To the 13th. 8th through the 13th. I'm going to lead us off here. March 8th, 1930, Babe Ruth inks a two-year deal for 160000 with the Yankees, keeping him the highest, highest paid player of all time. The team's general manager, Ed Barrow, predicts at the time that, quote, no one will ever be paid more. Now everyone's paid more. <laughs> Literally not, everyone in the league is paid more. I'm not sure if he knows how how money works, <laughs> which is concerning considering he was the team's general manager. I'm, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Me no good with calculation. I mean, come on guy. You get, you gotta, you gotta just know these things. I mean, if you're night, if, if it's 1930, just look back at like 10, that 20 is, years. That is bread though. Especially then. I mean, yeah. 1930 Tough times. Well now K. I did, I did the, did a little research. I think it comes out to about two and a half mil today. For the babe, would what would Babe Ruth make today? I don't want to go down this road. You don't want to I compare really eras. Don't. I you really, don't want to get. Con- I hate. I hate doing it. You don't want to get controversial on this fine Monday. I hate comparing eras because the it's always the argument of like level of competition. Would a fat, lazy hitter do okay against ninety eight now with movement and cut and different pitches being involved? I don't know. No idea. I'm just glad he gave us what he gave us in the era he was in. Is Bartolo Colon? I can get. Is Bartolo Colon Babe Ruth reincarnated? I think they're somehow related. They have to be. I mean, that's a legitimate question. There has to be some some lineage lined up. It it makes too much sense at this point. <laughs> now that I think about it, March eighth, two thousand sixteen. I admittedly I have to do a little more research on this because I'm curious. A meeting today, March 8th, at 3.08 p.m. at Clemens Field, named after Samuel Clemens, which has uh, it has 3.08 gate, I guess, to get into the park, and it has a 3.08 right field foul pole, a 3.09 suite, and a monument depicting a 3.09 batting average will help solve a mystery surrounding a not-so-well-known resident, Jake Beckley. The purpose of the gathering is to decide which number to use in commemorating the Hall of Fame outfielder's batting average which was listed by baseball reference at 308. But he wants 309, I'm assuming. I would I would say that would be the case. 
but I'm just curious as to how do we not know? I like I said, I need to do more research, but I'm like, why is everybody right, else's yeah. everybody else's batting average seems fine? Was there an, an error given to him that? Well, I'm thinking if it's if that's a career average, there'd have to be a handful of errors to to account for a, a whole points worth, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't even. I've never heard of this guy before this. Anyway, to be honest with you. Yeah, I need to look look more into that. <laughs> Uh, lastly here, March 10th, at least for me, March 10th, 2006, Chiron Martis throws, I'm terrible with names, throws the first ever no-hitter in World Baseball Classic history as the Netherlands route Panama 10-0. The 19-year-old Dutch hurler threw exactly 65 pitches, which is the classic's pitch limit to, to accomplish the historic deed in a game called after seven innings because of the mercy rule. 65 pitches. 65 pitches. Seven innings. Mercy rule. I don't hate the idea of a mercy rule in general, to be honest. I mean, but then you don't have those games, just random games back in up June. Second baseman where it's pitching. like, yeah, it's like 26 to 2. You know, every let's be honest, every fan base needs that little boost from time to time where it's like you might, team may be struggling a little bit or things are just, you know, just slow altogether. But then you look, you check the app. If you're not able to catch a game, you check the app. You see teams up twenty-two to six, twenty-six to thirty to one. What what have you? It's a good feeling. Yeah, call it. Sorry, I think uh, I think nowadays, like you can't do it after like ten runs. But I'd say fifteen. You call it after fifteen because managers are already recognizing that they don't want their good players to get hurt, so they're putting in subs, right? They're not wanting to use arms, so they're putting in either, I don't know. I mean, look over the names over the over the years. It's Nick Swisher getting times on the bump. It's Todd Frazier. That's what baseball needs. We need we need Brock Holt no. to step up to the mound. No. Come on. I disagree. No, that's All what right. makes that's uh, what makes baseball beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm whatever. sorry. I'm I only have two, by the way. Uh March eleventh, nineteen fifty eight. Your boys kinda getting called out here a little bit. American League President Will Harridge informs the umpires the wearing of helmets are now mandatory for batters this season, reinfor- uh, reinforcing the edict passed by a 7-1 vote of the owners at the December meeting in Colorado Springs. The Red Sox dissent, knowing their slugger, uh, the Red Sox dissent is that Will Harridge, by the way, is the American League President, uh, knowing their slugger Ted Williams adamantly is opposed to wearing headgear asserting that protective equipment will interfere with, interfere with their timing of the hitters. No on helmets. Sorry, Teddy. Teddy Ballgame, just uh, not not too much of a visionary, huh? He's also, you know, was shooting down people in planes. Yeah, Ted Williams said, I don't he need your protective he equipment. He, he said, let me just hit 400. I don't, I don't need this garbage. <laughs> I don't need this. Uh, I bet if you looked at numbers, I'm sure he did just fine with a helmet on. I didn't. I didn't know he was so outspoken about. I mean, I knew he was outspoken about a, a handful of things, but. But back then, I think it was just the things that like covered your ears. It wasn't like a full helmet, right? There was those weird ones that you you watched the rich kids in the same yeah, lot wear. The evolution of helmets. That's yeah. a that's a wild scene. They to, just look like these. They look like the headphones. Yeah. What was that gonna do? Protect my ears? How about my that's noggin? Your, is that your sister out there? <laughs> Left field. Uh, another one that just kind of just good to know. You got you got these dates down. What was it fifty eight? The last one I just said fifty three. I don't remember. It was in the fifties. We're at nineteen sixty now, March thirteenth. Just dates to just keep in mind. You may remember the year. You don't need to remember the day so much, but these are big things. Uh, blah 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 blah. Much to the I don't, chagrin. I've never actually seen that word written out before. Much to the chagrin of other owners and most of his players. Bill Veek's White Sox become the first team to put players' names on the back of their jersey, unveiling the new look on their road uniforms in an exhibition game against Cincinnati and Tampa. White Sox, Cincinnati, Tampa. That's confusing. This would be, well, this would have been spring training. (laughs) Spring training? All right, cool. Yeah. Well. Nope, they were playing in the trop, which hadn't (laughs) been created yet. (laughs) Just a lot going on there. This is an additional dimension of baseball. Three places. I guess all baseball was there. Uh, after the rest of the league's clubs protest, the Chicago owners' innovation of the Chicago owners' innovation, we're missing a word there, baseball history, the commissioner's office will rule that in addition to displaying traditional numbers, each team will have the option to use monikered uniforms. 
1960, first time we're seeing names on the backs. How do we feel about that? Uh, Love it. Love it for certain teams. You know, obviously my my team doesn't use them, but I think now we're at that point where it's just got to, you can't really introduce it. You know, those classic teams that don't have names, you gotta gotta leave them off. It's a good way of me knowing when I'm buying jerseys for Yankees jerseys, if they're, you know, going to be quality or not. If I see a Barra on the back of a name or on the back of a jersey, ain't going to do it for me. Sorry. I need authentic only. Yeah, that's why these teams that allowed names on the back of their jersey, that's why they lucked out. Fans of those teams, they lucked out. Yeah. Because you can get, what is it? It's like the the different levels. It's authentic and replica is the step yeah. below. Yeah. You can get a replica and it looks the same exact way as the authentic does. You don't have to pay the extra $150. Yeah. But us, then you've got us classic like, team fans. You have yeah. to, if you want the no name jersey, you have to pay for the authentic. It's garbage. Doesn't make sense. Little, Not fair. Little jersey buying tip though. You just go with the road jersey or an alternate if they have last names on those. And you yeah, it still doesn't do the trick for us. But yeah, it's no road socks have uh, names on the back of the road. I meant for yeah. Well, careful. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> you were thinking of different responses there. I could see them. I could see the wheels turning. Stop, uh, Nate. The National League West breakdown episode, possibly the most predictable breakdown we do. Would you? Would you so. agree? Yeah, pretty easy here. I'm I'm counting on you to have at least one or two hot takes in here. The people need it. Uh, yeah, I've got one for sure. A very big hot take. People are gonna not like. I don't if care. It's, this is my team. If it's, so if it's the be alone. Okay. All right. I'm all writing right. my lineup. So all right. Let's start out with the division MVP then. Who do you got? Uh, a top three baseball player. In the world, Mookie Betts, just all around five tool, spark, fun, easy to watch. And you know that any slump that he has is just temporary. The dude is not going to have a bad year. He will find a way to produce somehow. He will still get swipes if he isn't hitting for average or if he isn't hitting for pop. He's still going to play spectacular defense. It's just, it's, it's easy to watch him and it's easy to make him this pick. Death taxes and Mookie Betts performance. Count on it. Uh, I gotta, I gotta admit. Well, first of all, that was my pick as well. Easy, easy pick for me. You inspired me a little bit when we had our face of baseball conversation a few episodes back. Yeah. Not that I was sleeping on Mookie Betts whatsoever, sure. but no. It really puts things into perspective when you think about it. You're like, okay, all the hype, all the buzz, all the popularity surrounding Fernando Tatis Jr. Kid's going to be a legend if all things work out, if he stays healthy. But he just hasn't done it yet. Right. And so I think 2021, safe to say, even if Fernando Tatis Jr. goes off, a casual season for Mookie Betts is still MVP caliber worthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the arguments are always going to be like, well, him him going to the Dodgers, they're already a powerhouse. It's like you watch the impact he had the postseason you watched what he was capable of this this is a generational talent no matter what team he's on how do you let a guy like that go how do you let a guy like that go it must you must just wake up every day and it's just a spoonful of salt <laughs> for <laughs> just i'm not happy about shipping it. him off for alex verdugo tell you that much uh divisions most underrated and overrated players i feel like i already know we already talked about it before we hopped on i I think you made a change to your underrated player, so I'm curious to, to yeah. see. <laughs> curious to see who that was. I think overrated. Yeah. I think you and I can both agree again. I, it's safe to say, in fact, we may have the same answers Maybe. once again yeah. for the entire yeah entire Very episode. Close. So really, for those listening at home, this is more of a game to see whether or not we match answers. Okay. So overrated. <laughs> see, how few, see how few options we differ on. Should we say uh, our name at the same time? Sure. Three, two, one, Trevor Bauer. Justin Turner. All right. Off to a great start with the (laughs) (laughs) not matching on answers. I love it. Uh, (laughs) Explain, explain, Nate, explain. I'm curious. Uh, I mean, honestly, you just, you look at the numbers and, you know, obviously when we're putting this, uh, this list together, we kind of, I like baseball reference. That's just the easiest number thing for me to look at. But when you look at the numbers now, I, I just, so many people have him ranked as like a top five second baseman and I, or for third baseman. And I just, it's not that for me. It really isn't. I mean, everything is fairly average. 
2019, he had 67 RBIs. 2018, he had 52. 71 in 2017. If you put him anywhere else besides a Dodgers uniform, I don't think he gets the, the, the same amount. And don't get me wrong. He's a, I love the way he plays. I love how hard he plays. I love his attitude about the game. The dude's a true leader. He's obviously the captain of that team and runs that clubhouse. But I don't think he's the top five third baseman anymore. You know, it's be fair. He is 35, but I'm just, I'm not willing to rank him that high. And I could see him very much falling out of the top 10 list. He's 35. I just, I'm sorry. He's not my guy anymore. He played 135 games in 2019, 103 in 2018, 130 2017. It's just, I think he's very overrated. I think he's but good. Is he the division's most overrated? I, I, I this get one, the Trevor Bauer argument. You he's wanted overhyped. to add a little. You wanted to add a little sauce to your picks. I get it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I get it. Throw me in. Get, let the people know why Trevor Bauer. We've is. already we've already done this, which is why I thought we were just going to cruise right past this because we've already explained multiple times. You probably more than me on why Trevor Bauer is some, to me the most overrated player in, in the division. Just squirmed his way into this. Which to clarify, a talented pitcher. I'm not taking that away from him. But as I've said a dozen times by this point, what was it? Six out of his eight seasons had an ERA north of four? Yeah. Or yep, around yep, four? Yep. Come on. And and again, I think we're we're trying our best to take names from last year and really understand the whole the whole story. Javi Baez, down year. Christian Yelich, down year. But we know those guys can pick it up. Freddie Freeman, great year, MVP. But he does that all the time. He's, He's a top 10 first baseman. That's all the time. Expected. All the time. Trevor Bauer came into this scene, great 2020. But again, that's it's not even a half a season. Well, something that we haven't really touched on much at all regarding his background, if you will, is all these uh, allegations, or I don't know if allegations is the right word, but this whole thing with the, the foreign substance spin rate yeah, just coming out of nowhere. There's something to be said for that to take into account when you're looking at his 2020 season. With that said, again, I don't think he is bad. No. coming Especially coming off of the performance he had last season. But, again, six out of the eight years, or six out of the eight seasons, ERA around four, and then he gets, what, 110 for three? Come on. And ever since we came out of the top ten list of our own, I still, I still would like to drop him down. More and more. Every, every day that I think about that top 10 list for our starting pitchers, I wish we had him further down on the list. I think we had him at like three, maybe even two. No, we didn't have it two. That was Garrett Cole. I think he was three or four. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah. Shane Bieber, same thing. Really good. Really high upside. Potential's really, really there. But we we don't know. He's the, the, These guys just haven't proven it long term yet. I can't write my story based on 60 games. I mean, hey. Hats off to him and his team pulling that <laughs> off. I don't think it was I don't think it was warranted. That's all I'm gonna say on that, Nate. Underrated player. Who do you got? This one, um, and I know we kind of look at this list and we say, like, we try to think of what it's gonna be throughout the year at the end of this year. To be fair, he's not in my lineup, but I still think he is currently underrated and he always has been underrated. Is Charlie Blackman. The guy's a stud and very much a stable commodity for that team. I mean, since 2014, the guy's always over 140 games played. He played 59 of the 60 games last year. Uh, he's a career 304 hitter, 360 on base, 505 slugging. Like, it's it's always there. The production is always there. The defense has kind of slowed down a little bit. He's had some issues uh, health-wise with his legs that I know, but, like, he's still producing and still playing games. So, I... I feel like the guy's just never gotten enough credit. And he's just a man of the people. I love him. He drives like a 1999 Grand Cherokee and just lives in the mountains in between games, fishes and combs his beard. Well, let me ask you this. I know last episode for our AOS breakdown, and I mentioned Ramon Laureano being underrated in that division. Mm -hmm. And then your response to that was, I think he is rated exactly where he needs to be. Would you not argue that Charlie Blackman is rated exactly where he needs to be? Because I feel like when people think Rockies prior, I mean, obviously Arnado. Once you get past Arnado, it's like Charlie Blackman's a guy. In my mind, yeah, it's no. I'd say now, yeah, sure, he's thirty-three. Numbers aren't going to get better, 
but I'm not saying he needs more clout than what he's getting right now. He's not going to be in our top 10. He's not going to be on our lineup today when we take, you know, the best lineup of the NL West. But, I mean, he's produced more than Ramon Laureano. He's a career 304 hitter. Right, which is what I, I was going to ask you. Is your, is your reasoning for saying that based on what he's done already? In the past, correct. I'm not saying what he's going to do. I think he's just, he's always been underrated, and this was my opportunity to come out and say it and just give him that. I think Ramon Laureano could get better and could reach the potentials that you want him to. I'm saying Charlie Blackman has always been underrated, and he's done the production that people are looking for and still hasn't been rated where he should be, you know? So, I mean, he's he's had over 180 hits since 2016. I'm going to take your word for it, being out being out there in in, in the West. Yeah, I, I mean, get you, to li- see him you lived in Colorado more. for a bit. I'll take your word for it because from my from my seat, from my perspective, I feel like he gets plenty of love, but maybe that's just me. I guess you would know better. You're out there. Yeah, he doesn't get enough love. Because everything was going Arenado. Story. Too low. Todd Helton. He's, a, he's been around for all these guys. He doesn't get that love. Fair enough. All right. Was that changed from my pick? Of? Mike Wazowski. No, Mike Yastrzemski. That was not Great your pick. Great pick. That was not my pick. Great pick. Who was your original pick that you changed from? Um, We'll talk about it. We'll get there. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, again, I mean, there's not much to say here. The, I feel it was weird for me going through these notes because I was like, I feel like we've already had these breakdowns before, talking about guys underrated, overrated, maybe just not in an, an official format like this, but I feel like yeah. we've had these conversations before. And for reasons we've already explained on here, Mike Ustremski, I feel like very much is underrated. But I understand why the people would say that, again, going back to that feeling like he's rated exactly where he needs to be, mm-hmm. just because of how long it took him to get going. But I, I don't think the people, unless you're following very closely and seeing what he, what he's done recently, you're probably not up to speed with just how good of a player he is. Because you, when you hear the name Mike Yastrzemski and you're more yeah. of a casual, you look at it and go, wow, I mean, it, it took him years to get things rolling. Yeah, and it's when you pull him on, on Baseball Reference, it's he hasn't had a career. You know, he's he's 29, and he really only goes back to last year of getting you know time in the show, uh, or two years ago, I should say, 2019. Yeah, he um, made a living in the minors there for a good bit, but I think he's yeah. gonna stay now. Yeah, I'm with you. He's got pop, plays great defense. Uh, the, the Giants kind of move him all around in the outfield, can hold down center field no problem. Um, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. It's he's the 21 home runs in 2019. He had 10 last year in uh, 54 games. So yeah, I could say he's going to be probably a consistent 280 to 290 hitter by the time it's all said and done. So also a little uh, shameless plug for our interview with and he's with awesome our, with our good friend Mike. He's Mike awesome. Kishansky. He's good to root for. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and catch it. Dude's just very chill, very humble, and you know. I, I don't think we're putting him on this list for only his name. You know, he deserves no, he gets to be slept recognized on. a little bit more. Yeah. And also, I think he gets kind of shuffled under the stack a little bit because you look at the Giants and you're like, oh, Giants. And then you kind of, you, the conversation stops there. You don't really want to dive into the guys that they have. Right. They got, yeah, they the got Giants, some pieces. They just can't, Giants they're just not going to be able to put it together. Yeah. Giants are making moves for sure. I like Best that. manager in the division. Who do you got? Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts. Questionable. Made has made questionable calls um, you know, throughout his tenure as a Dodger. And I think he was kind of under the spotlight, but uh we're we're seeing I think the ultimate players coach. And Dodgers fans are spoiled, man. Yeah. They were calling for his head. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. Incredibly spoiled. You're not gonna win the World Series every single season. I don't care how talented your team is. Right. Baseball baseball things will happen in a season where it but just won't work out. He's been a part of consistently getting his players a shot for years, consecutive years. I mean, since he took over in twenty sixteen, took him to the NLCS, took him to back to back World Series in seventeen and eighteen. They lost in the NLDS in twenty nineteen to a I mean, the Nationals were I'm sorry, nobody was there's Nobody was going to derail. Just, yeah. It was destiny. Nobody stars. was derailing that Cinderella story. And then 2020, obviously, the World Series win. So it's like, what are we really, what are you really looking for out of a manager? <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, doesn't get the, doesn't get the dub this past year. 
Are we still putting them up there? I mean, who else did you put up there? It's fair. It's very in fair. that division. Yeah. It's very and I'm fair. not gonna I'm Chase not gonna Tingler put, just hasn't been there long enough. Right. I was about to say I'm not gonna put Tingler up there for yeah. one season. Yeah. And uh Bud Black. Eh. Doesn't get me going at all. And he's got a, he's got a resume at, at the very least, but it's not. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's best manager and division worthy. Yeah. Even if it's not Dave Roberts, I don't know who else it'd be. It's fair. Dodgers fans are so spoiled, so spoiled. Yeah, shut be it down. Yeah, with what you got. All right, Nate. Let's see who we got with the all division team. Let's start off on the bump. Give me Walker Bueller. Nope. Who you got? This the team for me is. More angled towards how I see 2021 going. Taking Clayton Kershaw. So, I mean, it's flip of the coin. It is flip of the coin. I just, I just wish either. you would give Clayton Kershaw the respect he's due. You have been, pulling, I love Clayton. You have been pulling for Walker Bueller to be the opening day starter for the last three years, <laughs> two three years. I love Clayton. I've it's had Walker. enough of it. It's Clayton. It's Walker. It's Clayton. We'll see. Catcher. Will Smith. This is a very Dodgers heavy team for, the, yeah, very for those who are wondering. Heavy. Very Sorry, Dodgers guys. heavy. Will Smith, uh, first bit. I mean, do we do we really want to dive into these or how do you want Max to Muncy. Max Muncy. Second base, <laughs> Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte. Third base, Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Shortstop, Fernando. Trevor Story. Oh, there's my sauce. There's my hot take. Fair enough. I had enough. To- enough. I will be the one to stand by this. I'm sure Tatis will have a better career than Trevor Story. I'm sure that's very much going to happen. This was very much a lazy, a lazy take on my part. I very much just bought into the hype. You definitely bought I, in. It was lazy. I, I understand. I get it. I understand the hype. I'm not arguing against the hype. I'm not saying he's not a stud. I understand. I just want what's proven. Trevor Story is a walking 30 and 30 guy. I mean, there are Dodger fans right now. And probably Corey non-Dodger Seager fans right now that are just... absolutely needs to be in this conversation. Just screaming at us right now. Corey Seager absolutely needs to be in this combo. But I'm still taking Trevor Story, who was my underrated guy. Still not getting the respect he needs. And I get it. MLB.com, whatever. Their list, they had him at the top. It's fine. And everyone wanted their heads. Trevor Story doesn't get the love. He needs the love. Dude's a stud. And he's just as good defensively as the other two names. Do we have numbers to back that up? Defensively? I, I'm genuinely curious. I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm genuinely curious. Defensively? You I mean, it, just life's, life's much easier with Nolan Arnato next to you. So it's going to be interesting how it's going to be without true. him. But, yeah, he's a stud defensively. Yeah, having Nolan Arnato to your right really eliminates a lot of question marks on a lot of balls that <laughs> don't really need to worry about. If you look at the tape, you watch the dude. He's extremely athletic. Which, by the way, little tangent here. You got some interesting uh, responses to your quote. I told you I'd put on a quote card about Nolan. Are we do, should we finish this or no? Finish? I want to talk about Nolan real quick. All right. I want to. I want to go off, go off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, you had a lot of folks agreeing with you. Go ahead and say the quote. Nate said he. Well, I'll, okay. I'll read you the quote. Then we need to we need to talk about the way that you worded this quote after after I'm done. Uh, it's it's always something with my grammar. He. You said he is in my mind, truthfully, the best defender I think I've seen since Tori Hunter. And people were trying to t- shut up Murray. He said putting Greg Maddox at third and watch him work. <laughs> uh, there were some folks that disagreed. A lot of a lot of people pulling for uh, Simmons, which I could understand. But I mean, and, and here's the thing: gold gloves, platinum gloves shouldn't be the end all be all conversation to the conversation. But it's platinum like, means more to me than anything. Simmons had four gold gloves in nine years with one platinum gold glove, and Nolan's received a gold glove every year he's been in the league with four platinum gold gloves. So it's like if those numbers were close, I'd be like, okay. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what is that saying about him? I'm not, again, I, this makes it sound like I'm trying to tear down Simmons, but it's like, what does that say if Nolan's it, won it every year? What, yeah, what are we talking about? The The offseason hype was... Nolan Arenado getting traded to the Cardinals, not Angelton Simmons sitting on his ass waiting for a job for a couple months. We know who's better here. I don't. I don't need to go over this conversation. Simmons is pretty freaking good, though. It's fine. Give me Nolan any day of the week. I'm not saying I I disagree. I'm just just want to put it on record. It's like we 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 are aware of 
Simmons. We're aware of Arnado. Did you get any other any other responses that are angry and mean, degrading? We always get a bunch of who's Nate Reyes. That's we've been getting that response since mm-hmm. we started this podcast. That's what that's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's like, well, this isn't MLB on Fox. If you look at the page, this is a podcast. <laughs> like, I, there's a there's a good ch- there's a fifty percent chance that somebody on this podcast. It's either that or somebody <laughs> in the baseball media world. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see this one. Jonathan, Jonathan Lucroy. This was somebody's comment. It said Jonathan Lucroy played with both guys and said, and he said Chapman. So take a hike, Nate Reyes. Yeah, I'm gonna take the advice of Jonathan Lucroy. Come on. He also spent I don't know 20 games with Nolan, in Colorado. Get out of here. Come on, guys. You got to be better than that. Somebody not, just said, and I'm no. not gonna sit here and tear down Matt Chapman either. No. Yeah, we're not tearing down anybody. Yeah. I mean, you had some. I think more so you had people in agreement with you than not. Finally. Which is good. That's it's a rare time. It is rare. Um, but yeah, going back to what I said, you're, you're wording, I think you called him a first baseman last episode. Yeah, yeah. You used a couple du- double negatives. It's fine. It's it's all over the place. It's fine. I don't know how to speak. It clearly. happens. Uh, moving right along here, left field. David Peralta. How do you like that pick? Giving the, giving the D-backs a little love. I think I think he's a stud, and I think he will definitely be a household name after this year. So this, I think you already mentioned, this is very much a looking ahead. Mm-hmm. This for me anyway. All division it's okay. team. It's okay if yours isn't. I'll, I'm taking like the right now with the potential of 2021. I went with Will Myers. Is that a lazy pick? Kinda. This this team was just a bunch of lazy picks for me. <laughs> I'm the worst. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, at least getting excited. <laughs> it's. For me, this isn't like I said. This is just too predictable to me. This this whole division, there's just too much. I think we'll agree the rest of the way on. out. Uh, probably not. When we get to the relief pitcher, center that field one. Cody Bellinger, right field Mookie Betts. Yeah, relief pitcher. Who you got? You had to, you one, labored over this one for a little bit. Well, this one I kind of cheated a little. Um, Doing research isn't cheating. No, this one wasn't necessarily research. It was just kind of how I think this season's going to go. And I'm looking at the Dodgers rotation and there's not enough room for Dustin May. So I do think he's going to end up being a little bit more of a reliever this year than ever. Just because of, if you look at one through five, you got to have Clayton, Walker, Bauer, David Price. That fifth spot, in my mind, has to go to a lefty again and get Urias in there. So I think Dustin May just will probably get starts every once in a while. I'm assuming someone on this list will end up on the IL at some point between Clayton's back issues, David Price, any of those names could go. Dustin May will happily fit into the role. So I'm cheating a little bit and saying that I think he'd be better suited in the bullpen for the Dodgers. I'll admit I was lost for this particular pick. So I had to I had to do a little digging because I'm just like there's nobody that immediate beyond beyond the situation that you illustrated where it's like while that's likely, we don't know for sure. So right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to commit to something like that. So it's just yeah. like, let me go with what I know, what we've seen. And so I had, I, I did some looking around on some lists. People had Drew Pomeranz as like one of the. I think MLB has them at their top in their top ten relief pitching list. I'm like, no. Yeah, you don't like him, do you? Can't stand the guy. But then also on on people's top 10 list was Kenley Jansen and that's who I had to go with and I didn't feel good about it I didn't like the pick I really I, didn't I wouldn't feel good about that <laughs> I don't like it at all yeah that very much that very well could be the guy that you talked about that ends up on the IL one of those guys ends up on the IL in a in a 162 so I, I don't like it I think that Gratterall kid kind of answered my mind for a little bit but again all we know is 2020 yeah that would very much be a what I think is going to happen in 2021 scenario yeah. but yeah I'll say don't like the pick. Also, Blake Trinan. If you look at the numbers, you're you'd be really surprised why that guy is still getting not good. Yeah, I just want to go out on record. Don't like the pick. Obviously, did not do a DH. That wraps up our one through nine plus relief. Next year we'll be doing a DH though. You can count on that. Hey oh, hey oh, hey oh. Uh, best uniform set. I think this one's pretty obvious. So instead of laboring over that selection, how about we rank the five? Oh. Okay. Uh, In fact, we should do this for the for the remainder of the breakdowns. I like that better because right. a lot of these divisions it's it's too easy. You go first. Five. Now this can be a collaborative effort. We don't. We we can both agree Dodgers won. Hold uh, on. I the love break. the Rockies unis. 
No, you love the sleeveless. So clean. You love I'm, the sleeveless. It's all encompassing, bringing it all together. All of the options. You you please the the classic pinstripe look. You got that purple alternate jersey that you rock. I think the grays are still clean, but the black vests take it for me. There's but as so a baseball dirty. traditionalist, no, not a hardcore traditionalist, but I as a semi-traditionalist i would have thought you'd have gone dodgers dodgers won i was shaking it up now are you just shaking it up for shaking it up sake or do you actually no i actually love that those vests carry it fair enough all right then i guess we'll have to have separate rankings here all right i'm gonna go dodgers one rock is at a very close to probably a 1b for me for the reasons you just laid out but i gotta give the edge to the dodgers that's just a clean classic look and if anybody knows how I feel about those types of things. I'm always going to defer to the clean classic I love the blue spring training alternate jersey, too. That, I'm that not is. crazy about those, to be honest with what? you. What? I, I just like it. I love the shakeup. I'm dirty. not crazy about it. Why not just do Why not just do what the other what the other old school teams do, the Sox, Yankees? Just wear your home whites. Which, by the way, tell the, me if the I'm Yankees, wrong here. This is brand new. They've never done this. I was going to ask you. I, I, I don't like was, it. I was reading about that. Have they I hate it? I don't know why in, they're doing it. That's interesting. Don't know why they're doing it. Uh, I have no idea. They've always saved the all pinstripe whites for opening day or, you know, their first home game. And they've never worn them in spring training. Did this they've not happen last that. year? I could have no. sworn I remember this last year. Well, I mean, last year few, we only, yeah. The few days, but I'm telling you, they only rocked that blue alternate where it's got the NY in the corner with the number on the back. That's it. It's all they've ever worn in spring training. And then you didn't get to see the pinstripes, even when they would do their military game, because they go play against Army. They right. do an exhibition game every spring training with Army. Even with that, they weren't wearing the pinstripes. It's weird. I don't like it. Anyway. All right, so I'm going to go Dodgers 1, Rockies 1B slash 2. Uh, I got to go Padres 3. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Padres 3. Giants for I, the Giants jerseys just do not do it for me. I'm sorry, they they don't. Those are pretty classic looking. They are, they are. They just don't that particular design. It's very much a classic look to me, but I, they just don't do it for me. I don't know why. It's fair. And then D backs get that trash out of here. They just they had such a good thing. The Diamondbacks they had such a good thing in the early 2000s. They were ahead of their time. That's what it was. They really were. That the whole like teal orange purple it's like a santa fe type southwest look like those colors are everywhere here yeah but they got like a little hint of like gold orange like it's no i'm just saying Uh, like southwest colors here oh yeah like it's it's everywhere like if you go to new mexico if you go to arizona like it's that's what it is like that southwest desert type colors they were perfect they had it the teal and the purple was good and now it's the It's awful. I agree. They're definitely at the bottom. Then I'll go Padres. Then I'll go Giants. I Read like them the off. Giants. One to five again for you, Rockies. Rockies, Dodgers, Giants, Padres, D-backs. You're putting the Padres at four? That's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. You're just not a fan of the Brown? Or you feel threatened I don't by like the brown. their pinstripes? I don't is like the Brown. I like the I like that like darker away gray that they have. That's clean. Like the... Those that that's away like a, pinstripe gray. That's like a brown, I think. It's like a light brown. I thought it was like a dark gray. No, it's like a weird, weird brown color. I don't like the brown in general. Never have. I love it. If, if they could change up the style and just keep the blue more involved, I'm okay with that. But that's all gone. Yeah, that's fine. Well, there you have it. And I'll West Breakdown. Although I will say we uh, we adjusted our request for DMs to be more NL West specific for this particular episode, which we will continue to do for the remainder of the divisional breakdown. So I got to say, Nate, it's been a while since we had this solid of a batch of questions. Love it. Just love it. Great job, people. Until I get stumped on one of these. That's a, that's a tip of the cap to you, my friend, because that was your suggestion to make it division specific rather than just open it up to all things baseball, at least for these breakdowns, just keep it specific to the division. So, uh, well done on that, sir. Thanks, man. Leading us off here, Caleb asks, which Dodgers starting pitcher ends up with the statistically best season? Great question. I got to give it to Bueller just because of I I think he's at the top of the rotation with 
arguably Clayton Kershaw. You just go one and two there. You can argue back and forth about that. But just uh, his, you know, he's stable. He's going to be there. Clayton, you could see some injuries. You could see him miss time. Yeah, if we're talking st- season. statistically best season, I got to go Bueller as well. Jack asks, <laughs> I made sure to separate the two words there. Jack asks Kershaw career predictions over the next two to three years. Uh, is it is it sad to say that he could very much be just because of the strength of the rest of the roster and knowing that they're a lock to to be in the postseason for the next two or three years? It, it reminds me of very much of like basketball terms where they watch like they they watch their minutes throughout the regular season, and just kind of save them for the postseason. If anything goes wrong with Clayton. Any type of tweak or anything, he will go on the I.L. Whether he needs to be there is a different discussion, but he will go there for anything that doesn't feel right. Just because of what we don't need you really during the exactly. season. Exactly, yeah. I mean, look at the rest of the rotation. Yeah. They're fine. They're, you'll be totally fine. We'll just take your your competitiveness, your leadership right into the postseason when we're ready for you. So I could see him maybe slowing down on starts, slowing down on the length of his starts. You may see some numbers be a little off, but I, I don't. They're not wanting regular season Clayton Kershaw. We're all here for postseason Clayton Kershaw. And again, that monkey's gone. So all of you haters, shut up. Yeah, anything he gives you from this point on, not to say he's washed, but knowing the length of his career thus far, and knowing what he's done for you, and what he's hopefully going to be able to give you for the next next few years, anything beyond that, it's really a bonus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you are set mm-hmm. with your rotation, but I, yeah. I I think that's a solid point. Any minor tweak, any any raised eyebrows at anything, I'll we'll see. Go you. hang out for a couple weeks. See we'll you soon. See you. Uh, Rodolfo says Joe Musgrove is underrated in the Padres rotation. It's fair. I mean, honestly, anyone coming from the Pirates expects greatness after they leave the Pirates. So <laughs> maybe he is underrated. Maybe he could do some things. But you look, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a stacked rotation, especially when Clever, Clevenger gets back next year. That's a very, very good rotation. Lamette has a really high upside. I, I don't think, I think you Darvish, I'm still not fully on board. I think he had a great year last year, but I'm still not fully on board if he's going to be a stud and a true ace all year long. I have no option but to be on board with you Darvish because I remember. Drafted him in fantasy last year, and after crush it for you. After I made the pick, I texted you and I was like, "I don't like this you Darvish pick at all. I need to trade him." Yeah. And then just goes out there and has like a Cy Young caliber season. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> you've you shown me what I needed to know." Clearly, know nothing about fantasy. We'll just ride this out. <laughs> I love it. You I'm glad I no kept idea. him. Yeah. No, and and it wasn't necessarily because of anything statistically or any projections or anything like that. I just didn't really like Darvish. That's, I mean, it was nothing. Nothing Cubs serious. Cubs fans just, were frustrated with him for a while. For the for the reason the whole time, the feelings that you have about him right now are kind of how I felt going into last season. But after yeah. what I saw him do for me fantasy wise, I'm like, eh, maybe I need to hop on. I this think train he's capable term. of a lot of things. It's just I don't know. He's a little bit of a question mark. Blake's now proven. I don't I don't know if he's truly an ace or you know maybe a number one, number two borderline kind of guy. And again, ace and number ones are two different things. And I mean, Lamette. I need be to really make a good. list of like Nate isms. That's one of your Nate isms. Just things that you Ace kind of and sprink- number ones are two different things. Sprinkle in every few episodes <laughs> like a over the life over the yeah over the life of this podcast. I legitimately need to make a list of those things. That's Just because he's your number one starter on the rotation does not mean he's an ace. There's not a lot of aces in baseball. It's true. There's not an ace on every team. And if a GM comes out and says we found our ace and it's it's not an ace, then he's. The- 35-year-old Madison Bumgarner on the Diamondbacks? No. He's a lion to you. Yeah. Uh, Ryan asks, which player in the division will be the biggest surprise? Let's approach this differently than a a, a uh, overrated, underrated type situation. Okay. Biggest surprise. Hmm. Maybe just somebody that's not necessarily on the radar that won't go out there and have like an MVP caliber season, but they're going to they're gonna be like, hey. This is tough. This is real tough. Is trying it, to get away from the Dodgers and the Padres I was about to say, it's kind, of, it's kind of a lazy pick, but... I'm expecting really big things from Julio Urias this year. That's very fair. Like, not that people are down on him heading into 2021, but, like, I think he's going to come out and do big things. 
It's insane. Their rotation is insane. He is truly a two or three on any other rotation. Maybe except the Padres. I'd put him at three. Bro, let's Padres. give... Or give no. Blake Snell some more. Life. I That's your pick? No, 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 no. I'm saying, oh. I'm saying of other teams, Urias, you're, I mean, is they don't have a four or five starter. The Dodgers don't have a four or five starter. They're guys that are going to be in that four and five slot. But if you take those guys and put them in any other rotation, you're not putting them at four and five. You put the you put David Price back with the Red Sox. You put David Price on the Yankees. You put David Price with the Rays. He's not pitching four or five. Urias, you're not putting him with the Cubs and putting him at four or five. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a very stacked rotation. So I think you're right to to have a team where every day you have an ace number one or number two going for you all week, all the time. Someone goes down, sprinkle in Dustin May, 102 Frisbees, wiffle balls being thrown at you. Good luck. Great pick. Donovan I Solano. I, I was I was actually thinking Donovan Solano. I He gets slept on a little bit. <sighs> yeah. I think he's just, I think he's a little older, right? He's like 30, 31. Took him kind of like Yastrzemski. It's taken him a while to get to this point, right? Mm, let's, uh, let's verify that. Yeah, that's. I'm just throwing that name out there because I don't want to be called a casual anymore because I've been called I'll give casual you a name. too many times recently. I'll give you a name, and just to confirm so I don't feel like I'm talking ass here. No, Solomon's yep. 24. He's only 24? 24, oh, I yeah. I think he was so much older. Yeah. Um, here's a yeah, name mate, for you. You're such a casual. Here's a name for you. This is interesting. Matt Davidson is now a Dodger, and he's been putting up Pretty decent numbers this spring, and he looks pretty good. Enough to compete for a roster spot with the Dodgers. I think if you give that guy some ABs, you could see him making an impact. Don't think he's going to be an everyday third baseman for them, corner guy. But if Muncie needs a day off against a lefty or whatever, you know, put Matt Davidson over at first, and he's going to produce. Maybe that's a name, you know, under the radar look that could, that was, you know, pretty good. If you guys don't remember, I mean, in. 20, I think he was out 2019, 2018. I mean, 20, 26 RBI or 20 home runs, 26 home runs in 17 with the White Sox. I mean, he's he's gonna do damage, he's powerful. I don't know, maybe that's someone to look out for. That's all I can really think of. I feel like we've mentioned names that are underrated or not getting enough love, but I, I don't know. Solano's gonna get his Giants love because the Giants only have so much love to spread with names like that. Fair enough. Next question, James asks, which Trevor. James asks. It's not James. It's James. No, I said James. Did I not say James? James. No, he's a James. <laughs> he's a James asks. James asks. James asks. Right. Which Trevor Bauer are we going to see? The stud or the 4.0 ERA one? Mm, I don't think you're going to get sub three ERA. I don't think you're going to get Cy Young caliber Trevor Bauer. He got paid. Obviously, there's stuff to prove, but the, he's pitching for a lineup that will give him all the run support he needs. So I don't think there's a, that same pressure. You're not at the front of the staff. You don't have to constantly you know, throw lights out because you're not getting any run support. I think you'll be and for middle that, road, Trevor Bauer. For that reason, I'm gonna give, I've got a take. You're going to get regular Trevor Bauer with a Dodgers bump. So his numbers the, the by Dodger, default, Dodger bias. Yes, kind of like bump, Justin Turner has the bump that. Well, I'm speaking in statistical terms. Maybe not okay. not necessarily like perception. I'm saying statistically, his numbers are by default going to be better just because of the team he has around him. Okay. But just in terms of what he's doing. Sure. He's gonna be like you said, not gonna be sub three. Although I hope we don't eat our words on that. I think he's gonna be middle of the road, but it's gonna just seem better because of who he's playing for, and who's playing around him. I agree. I mean, you look at the defense behind him. You look at the run support he'll get. He doesn't have to be paint the black, spot on Trevor Bauer. He can give up contact and rely on defense a little bit more, and that will result in run production from the other side. So I think his numbers will go up a little from last year. But you're right. The team around him carries a lot of that pressure. Uh, Lastly here... Are these all Dodgers DMs? No. Oh, wait. No, I definitely missed a question. No, I missed... Wow, I missed two questions. I'm sorry. Come on, guy. We still have a handful of questions. These were good questions. I don't know why I started with the third one. I guess I just scrolled down too far. I don't know. 
uh, Mitchell asks, I'd love to hear your predictions on how many grand slams the Padres hit this season. How many did they hit last year? How many did they hit last year? Wasn't it like six? I'm just no trying to remember idea. if they sprinkled in a few before the whole Slam Diego thing took off. I, I didn't even have that number. Because they had that span where it was, what, like four and five games, five and six games, something like that? Yeah, there was definitely a little stretch there. Which is where Slam Diego was birthed from. They they were the first team to do it in four consecutive games. That's all I keep getting. I think it was like five and six, maybe. Four and four and five, one of those two. I can't remember. I don't know either. Uh, let's go with eight. I mean, Tatis already hit one in the spring training, so. I saw that. The mojo's off to a good start, even if it doesn't count on paper. What do you, What number are you putting out there? Eight. All right, well, I'm going to take nine just to take the over. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think I saw the NL record was 13 or 14, so, I mean, it's not like we're approaching historical numbers necessarily by taking eight or nine, but that's a that's a solid amount of grand slams. That is a lot. You got to chill on those expectations a little. Hopefully some of them come against the Rangers. Just take a little. Are they, do they have those divisions lined up? I don't know who, I don't know what the interleague is lined up with this year. I think it'll be a good year for Slam Diego. Um, Matthew asks, what will be the reason the Dodgers don't win the division? What will be the down bullpen? I guess when you look at their overall team, there's not really any weaknesses that I see, but we talked about that sixth bubble starter kind of floating into a, a bullpen spot. The back end really just kind of makes me nervous. Kenley, just not. I don't have the faith in Kenley. Blake Trinan, I don't have faith in those guys. I don't know. I would truthfully, clo- I would use Dustin May as a closer. 100%. Close him up. I'm with you on that one. Throws Ched. Big, beautiful, ridiculous hair. Make him a closer. He belongs in the pen. He's just a weird dude. That's where He's they a belong. weirdo for sure. Uh, I think this is the last one here, Nate. Are you taking the over or under on the odds for each team's Vegas season record? I uh, went ahead and saved you a little time, pulled up the nice. win totals of just one of the one of the Vegas lists. Has the Dodgers at one hundred three and a half over? I'll take the over as well, and that's Padres ninety five and a half over. I'll take the over as well, but ever so slightly. not by much. Yeah, <laughs> not by much. Not over a hundred. Uh, the D backs seventy five and a half over. Mm-hmm. It's just a such a top heavy. I don't know. That's uh, I'm gonna just for a sake of being different. I'm gonna take the under on that. Giants also seventy five and a half. I'll take the over on that. I'm gonna go under on that one. There you go. <laughs> you just mirrored each other's picks. So I'm taking under D backs over Giants both at seventy five and a half. Lastly, Rockies at sixty three and a half. Uh it's gonna be. I didn't have the guts to be say the hundred lost. Yeah, team. I didn't have the guts to go that far. So I mean, even if you take the under, you at least gotta give them. <laughs> I'll give them I mean, the over. I'll, I'll give them the over just because they, they do have talent still there. There's still production there, but not by much. Yeah, I'll give them like sixty four wins. <laughs> over those keeping score at home, you probably just figured out who our division rate, like what our division ratings are gonna be. Yeah, for our hot takes and again predictions episode of predictions. This yeah. division's pretty easy, incredibly predictable. Uh, I think that covers it, Nate. That was, this was a uh, this was a meaty episode. Solid, solid work on the DMs, guys. Solid work on the DMs. We'll keep that rolling. We'll we'll give you themed DMs. That way, you don't have to you don't have to conjure up any type of effort bravery to try to write in. A yeah, DM we'll do the it. work for you. You just yeah. you just bring her on home. We'll just point you in a direction and you send us something weird. What do we got next, Nate? We got uh, AL Central. AL Central. This one's going to be... Oh, that'll, that'll be sneaky good. That'll be a sneaky good episode. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. May Gusta. May like Gusta. Anything else before we close this one out, Nate? Anything you want to share with the people? Uh, Yeah. If you've looked at spring training tickets... Good Lord. It's insane. It is insane. I've looked at Diamondbacks games, looked at Rockies games, I've looked at Dodgers games. Dude, lawn seats at Salt River where the Rockies and uh, D-backs share, it's like 80 bucks for lawn seats. Lawn seats. I mean, how bad bad do you need baseball right now, Nate? I don't need it that bad. Sorry. I'm not going alone, so that's boring. I'm not doing that. Not a, not going to happen. $80 to sit in grass to bring my own damn seat. The blanket, no shot. Eh-eh. 
I mean, but you would spend eighty dollars in a week on Taco Bell. So what are we really what are we really saying here? Yeah, different levels of priority. Fair enough. Also, wanna, before we hop off here, I want to revisit the topic of whether or not you and I would, not necessarily together this particular season, but whether or not we'd want to go to a game in a COVID climate with limited fans. I know for a while you and I were both on the train of, no, let's just wait till it gets open, till everything gets back to normal, right? Are you still on that? Yeah, train? yeah, uh, yeah. It depends, though. Because it I was really think, depends. I was thinking about if, it the other day. Go ahead. Well, if you're like you're taking the dollar amount out of it, and obviously understanding that the supply versus demand, it's the tickets yeah, are going yeah. to be more taking expensive. The, taking the dollar amount out of it, more more so just the the environment aspect. Yeah. Of it. Uh, where, where are you at on that? If there's a if there's a place that I wouldn't care that I want to see and wouldn't care if it was a packed house or not, it would be San Diego. I've wanted to see that ballpark for before they were this Padres team. I've wanted to see that ballpark. The weather, I mean, it's it's all-encompassing environment, you know, just beautiful. But I know California is a little more strict right now, so we'll see if things change there. But I think if I was to do a pandemic game, it would be there. Yeah, I got to say, I think my thoughts on that have changed in the the last handful of months because I know there for a while, like especially last year, looking ahead to this year and beyond, I was like, no shot do I want my first baseball game back to be in this like partial capacity situation. Yeah. But I was thinking about it, you know, I had to, I had to do a little deep dive, had to really look at the situation. I'm like, you know what? This is part of the game's history. I was talking with, talking with Meredith about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe we You'd do need to go to a game Yeah. because this, like with anything, baseball changes. There, there are things that occur. James things Earl that take Jones place. quoted it best. Exactly. And that is exactly what I thought of when I was thinking through this. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is just part of it. Mm-hmm. Baseball Maybe we do need- yeah, I would love it. Let's let's try and, and figure out what to do, where to go. Um, what's funny is that like the travel cost is down, but ticket prices are up. So I don't know what kind of if we're out still coming out on top, or yeah, if it just bounces out like normal. Um, the the other thing when you think about it is that like think about when you go to the movie theater, you walk in, there's like eight people in this whole movie theater. You're like, yes, perfect. I can, I can find my spot that I want. I can spread out, you know, stuff like that. I get the vibe that you want to experience, but being in a, at a ball game where, you know, maybe there's a rain delay and half the crowd leaves and you just scoot down to a new seat. Like that's always fun. That's always a vibe. So yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I just don't want to deal with crazy rules. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Major league baseball could really do themselves a favor this year. Well, not major league baseball. Cause this is, not necessarily their jurisdiction, but these teams, these ballparks could really do themselves a favor by allowing fans. You'd have to come up with, I'm sure, some policy just so you can protect yourselves with liabilities and all that stuff, but allow fans, if you're going to have limited capacity, you're going to have limited seats, you know you're not going to get... Allow open seating. Yeah, just let people, if they want to walk, like they used to do back in, mm-hmm. what was it, like the 90s, early 2000s, yeah, just walk I agree. down there. Like there's nothing wrong with if you wanted to block out sections. So when people are sitting there, there's no one close. That's fine. But like, just be open. Open seat. Like Southwest Airlines, you buy a ticket, sit wherever, bro. Like wherever you find it. Well, I mean, I don't want like grown men like fighting each other on the way to the seats behind on plate. But I'm saying like, as it progresses through the game like later i think if there's innings. ever an opportunity i mean we see this with certain places still have bleachers you, you get the row you know but for the most part you can choose if you want in the middle of that row if you want towards the edge like if there's ever a time to do it first come first serve give me it i mean if you do open seating from the jump you got to go flat rate with ticket prices because you can't have some guy being like all right, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks, but I'm going to end up behind home plate. And then the guy that spends like eight grand is up in the nosebleeds. That's not a good look. I don't know. Show up. I'm not a fan of those people showing up after first pitch. Anyway, figure it out. You got to figure it out. Get on, get on time. I'm not there for BP, but I'm not missing first pitch. BP is wildly underrated. What an experience. I don't, I'll be 80 years old out in left field catching BP bombs. Tell you what though, BP at Yankee stadium is scary. You don't realize how easily those balls get to right field until you're sitting out there and you've got people like just hitting oppo taco lasers and they're slamming into seats that are empty. 
just putting dude, they're dents all over the place. So hot, dude. They're coming in so hot. You gotta go with a glove if you're there for sure. But I'm not gonna be that guy that carries a glove into the Yeah, stadium. you can't. It's weird. You can't be that guy. Just wear it if yeah. you have to. Just don't don't take a glove in. You can't do it. Uh, yeah. Well, Nate, that's all I got for this one. Yeah, this one was fun. Uh, next week at the AL West, we'll keep rolling. AL Central. AL Central. Yeah. Sorry, just did you the West. Your, you and your words. Recently. I just can't figure out words. I don't know anymore. I'm just gonna get out of here. AL Central. AL Central next week. On this deck. week next. AL I, I, folks, I folks, food. folks. AL Central next. This Thursday or Friday, one of those two days. Next. The next episode you will hear will be about the AL Central. Yes, AL Central. Um, cool. Don't go, Jason Curveballs. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.